to the Canical Freak podcast for a special Seattle Sucks Labor edition. We have a very special interview for you all coming up with Kaylin from the Magnolia Child Care Union. We brought in a couple of pros, a couple of child care workers to conduct the interview. It's great. It's a wonderful interview. Stick around to hear it. Uh, before we get to that, though, first, I want to thank our new patrons, Post Rodent and Christine. Welcome to the fold. I think one of you might have been a previous patron, but that's okay. We'll let slide since you donated the uh, correct amount, which is $6.66. Uh, if you want to become a cool patron like them and get access to the Discord, all it costs you is $5 a month, or if you want to be extra cool, you can donate $6.66 a month. Patrons get access to extra content. I don't know, like our episode last Saturday where we talked about Anna Kasparian's heel turn from TYT to becoming a Law and Order MAGA chud. And guess what? It's only gotten funnier since then, as now she uh, has... Because people called her out for, uh, I don't know, lying about crime in L.A. Uh, she went and searched all of the internet. Just kidding. She just went onto Breitbart, uh, found a knockout game video from New York City, and is now talking black crime rates. Uh, it only gets cooler from there. Uh, patrons can go listen to our original take on uh, her awful uh, politics regarding the homeless and incarceration. Uh, and can look forward to probably a follow-up episode since uh, her mind has only melted further since then. But for today, we have positive news. Childcare workers at the Mighty Kids Child Care Center in Magnolia have organized to form a union to push back against the, uh, quite frankly, awful conditions inside the uh, preschool center there. Now, don't get this twisted. All preschools, as you're about to hear, run exactly on this on this same model. But that's why preschool teachers need to organize and form unions. Now, Mighty Kids, when their teachers formed a union, of course, immediately fired them. And we are now in week two or three, I suppose, of the struggle to get them rehired and get their union recognized. But hey... You don't want to hear this stuff from me, so let me kick it to our special correspondents today, Bryn Roth and Owen Harriman, as they interview Kalem from the Magnolia Child Care Union. Take it away, toys. Hi, and welcome to Mechanical Freak Podcast. I am Bryn Roth, and I'm here with two special guests. If you'd like to introduce yourself to my my uh, co-host for the evening. Uh, hey, what's up? My name's Owen. Um, I'm a pre-K teacher. I've been working in childcare basically my entire adult life. <laughs> uh, and uh, as some might know, I as well am a childcare worker and have my, well, entire adult life and in my teens have worked in childcare as well. And, and we're doing a little takeover mechanical freak tonight because we're going to do a special uh, interview with a special guest. And if you'd like to introduce yourself, we'd yeah. love to. Yeah. All right. My name is Kaylin and uh, I was a preschool teacher uh, that got illegally fired by my preschool for trying to unionize. 
Ooh. Yeah. Um, Let's just well, start with the heavy stuff, you know? Yeah, for real. For real. <laughs> My God, I know. Um, you know, as everybody knows, there seems to be a, um, you know, spark. There's been a spark and a fire burning uh, when it comes to union organizing and childcare workers are not left out of this. And tonight we're going to chat with Kaylin about kind of like you know, uh, what's going on and, and, um, what got them to this point. Um, so first off, um, just give us a little, uh, a background about yourself. So you talk about that you were, a, you were a childcare worker, but mm-hmm. let's, let's dig a little deeper. How long have you been doing childcare? What got you into childcare? Uh, so I got my bachelor's degree in like gender studies, Uh, And so for my senior year, I ended up working with like freshmen and just trying to help them get acclimated to university like pace. Uh, And so that was my first deep dive into helping out teenagers. Uh, And then I graduated and then I ended up being a caseworker for like 14 to 25 year olds. And yeah, now I'm with or I was with toddlers and I like them about the same (laughs) as teens. They're my absolute favorite. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, my special favorite age group is toddlers. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So you were doing social work with teens. Um, What made that shift from social work into teaching uh, preschool? So uh, like I to be a caseworker, you have to drive around and stuff. Yeah. So I developed epilepsy and I had to lose my license for six months. Yeah. That, so then we'll do it. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So from there I was like, what is something I can do that doesn't involve driving or heavy machinery? And that is toddlers. Toddlers are pretty light overall. <laughs> so yeah, I switched yeah. to early child care for now. You can kind of keep them contained into a classroom. <laughs> <laughs> they, weigh, they weigh about as much as like a couple gallons of milk or something. Yeah. <laughs> I have like a gigantic cat and he's about the same size as some of my toddlers. Oh, so. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. In the giant cat game. Yeah. We had a when we got him, he was 27 pounds. Yeah. So he was like the size of also a toddler. So I also understand that. Um, yeah. Um, so, I mean, working in, in um, early childhood. Was, so obviously you used to work for a company called Mighty Kids. Yeah. Um, was that the first uh, child care center that you worked for? Um, no. Like I... As a younger teen, I had helped out at one of my friends' parents' daycares, and then I worked briefly at another daycare in my hometown before moving to Seattle. Are, are, um, were these both um, corporate childcare or like home childcare centers? Uh, one kind of home childcare centers. One of them was like not part of the chain, but there was about like 200 kids in that preschool, which is oh wow, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a that's quite a bit. Uh, that's a lot of classrooms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> that's a lot of classrooms. It's a lot of kids. Um, and so, well, like, let's kind of, we'll kind of get into the grit of it. And so yeah. you started <clears throat> at Mighty Kids. What took you there? Well, I didn't work for a lot of COVID because mm-hmm. I, I have asthma and my partner was like, you don't, you don't need to get COVID again. <laughs> <laughs> so I stayed home. Uh but I like applied to Mighty Kids and I just kind of 
I was nervous at first about working at another daycare because so many mm. of them are mm. they're absolute wrecks. I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah. You're among friends here. We know all about them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like Mighty Kids felt good in the sense that like the center was actually clean. They hired mm-hmm. like a cleaning team to come in every night. So yeah. that was like pretty awesome. Uh and then mostly it was like my coworkers. I had never like met so many people that I just got along with so well. So yeah, um, I wanted to stay. And then of course I fell in love with the toddlers. So mm-hmm. <laughs> they do that. They do that. Yeah, <laughs> they're cute and terrible at the same time. <laughs> um, well. So maybe talk a little bit about what drew you to Mighty Kids. Um, how long were you there? Eight months. Eight months. Oh, eight months. Yep. Started in January and was fired August 7th. Mm. Oh, um, well, how how long did the honeymoon period last at Mighty Kids? Um, I'm always pretty realistic, which frequently turns into pessimistic, I suppose. But I don't really ever have rose-colored glasses on. So mm-hmm. like, I was aware that we were being underpaid. I was aware that, like, the administrative team didn't like actually understand what our jobs were. So Mm -hmm. their feedback is pointless. Um, And all of those things I recognized right away, of course. But um, it started like really becoming a problem once I realized like just how much some of the people were underpaid and how Mm. Mighty Kids went about not giving them raises. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like, people had asked for raises and had told me about it. And like, they were always given the same kind of responses where it was like, we'll have to talk to our investors. We'll get back to you. It might take a couple months. <laughs> I love yeah. it. When you always have to talk to the investors. Exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, oh, <laughs> that wow. is unprofessional to ask for raises. Mm, of course, of course. Or, or it's always, it's always like, a deferred responsibility to someone else, no matter who you're talking to, even if it's at the very top of the power chain. <laughs> I love that though. We kind of talk to our investors. So it's not a childcare center. It's an investment. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. And not like, have in you the looked children. at their website? <laughs> no, I actually, I tried to refrain, but I should have. Um, yeah. Tell us more about the website. <laughs> I mean, it's a really great looking website, but they, like have our like our partners are Amazon, Microsoft, et cetera, mm. et cetera. And so they want to like the tie themselves to those no. big businesses. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Are they <laughs> actually uh, intertwined or do they just want that? And it's like weirdly copy and pasted onto the website, the logos. Um, I think it's both. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> it's Seattle and it's a, like the price for an infant, which like, I don't have this memorized. I could be very wrong, but last I looked, it was around 2,800 a month for yeah. like an nope, infant's tuition. That yeah, sounds, that sounds about right. right. Yeah. yeah when, when I left preschool, I think it was like 2,400, 2,300 a month for infants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. like these are parents that have like tech jobs and stuff like that. So I think part of it is like parents want their kids to have a nice school. And so if connecting them with their big, um, their big companies are, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that could boost the school somehow. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Well, and it's in Magnolia as well. I have lots of things to say about Magnolia 
and not all nice at all. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'm maybe I'm biased or maybe I'm too judgy, but <laughs> <laughs> I might be the same. Uh-huh. I'm gonna say this podcast has definite opinions about Magnolia. It's come up plenty of times. <laughs> um, yeah, so it took not long for you know the honeymoon period to um, maybe four months. Yeah, four months. Um, so, tell us a little bit about you know what was going on in the classrooms. What were some of the issues, um, underlying issues? I mean, you touched on them a little bit, but um, if you feel comfortable going into yeah. a little bit more of like what was going on, because. Um, you know, something my husband talked about is he, until meeting me, he had no idea about what that child care worker world was like mm-hmm. in terms of working in, in preschool or in domestic work. Um, and it was a little shocking for him as well to like, and, you know, so not a lot of people think of this. And I think it's really important to touch on it and because I'm sure a lot of people, not our listeners, but, um, you know, a lot of people might think, well, these teachers are just being greedy assholes and they're asking <laughs> for too much. And it isn't it about the children. And but as Owen it said, is, and that's why it's weaponized. It is about yeah. children. Mm-hmm. Like, we would well, not it's... be in this field if we did not love children because it doesn't make you money. Like, no, no, not no. Great for your mental health. <laughs> like, <laughs> Not at all. Um, I, I don't know how many times I've seen my boss, like when pay gets brought up in front of her, deflect to like, yeah, but like you guys, you know, you get you get the best the best thing of all, you know, you get the the adoring love of these children to keep you warm at night and put food on the table. <laughs> yes, as as you said at the the rally, getting paid in hugs. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> yeah, there is like emotional weaponry you know against us as child care workers right it's like yes we do care about our children but we still have to fucking eat and like we can separate our love for our kids and still be about work like in the end it is about surviving right um yeah uh so yeah sorry we kind of derailed but yeah tell us a little like bit more conditions like in the classroom conditions in the classroom with your coworkers. um question i have and i know only because i've seen it in many child care centers that i've worked at though illegal in our policy it actually says that you are not allowed to talk about your wages with your coworkers. Mm-hmm. so i don't know uh, if that's something that was in there as well yeah, this... I don't think there was anything specific about wages, but on like, I'm sorry, the owners kept saying it over and over, but on page seven of the handbook that we <laughs> signed when being hired, it says to like, we're going to be nice employees that don't criticize the company or otherwise defame them or something <laughs> like that. How but, dare you? <laughs> exactly. What a, what a so, delicate little corporation. Um, For but real. I, I, <laughs> I think the reason I was able to survive for those eight months, though, is that, like, all of my coworkers and I were, like, absolutely, like, F that kind of policy. So we would be sitting at lunch, like, 
in, like on a balcony right next to the director's office. <laughs> and we would we would complain as much as we wanted to. And like they must have known that we were not very happy with what was going on. But Well, if they have they to have a policy, they know that they're shitty bosses because uh-huh. You don't have a policy like that if you're not going to be a piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like they I did know, giggle I mean, while I read it. Yeah, I mean, it just re- it oozes between the lines of like, it says what kind of people that they are or what mm-hmm. they expect of their employees. Yeah, yeah, or right? what they're anticipating. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... So the coworkers, like all of us were really close and we had pretty like well open lines of communication because of like the absolute ridiculous stuff that we went through every day. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Uh, so Washington mandated teacher to child ratios for my classroom, which I believe this is like for kids from one to three. It's seven mm-hmm. Seven kids, seven two-year-olds for one person. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. And then our max class size was 14. So sometimes okay. it was just two people with a room of over a dozen toddlers, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which, like, I can guarantee you with that amount of help provided, like, my other person isn't useless, like, the children will be <laughs> fed, they will be safe, and their diapers will be changed, and they will probably still be mostly happy. Mm-hmm. But it's impossible to, like, give them the type of attention that they need to actually develop emotionally. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So what were the expectations in the classroom? So experience, and I, I believe Owen as well. Um, so lots of programs that I worked at, um, we used a thing called teaching strategies gold and it was developmental milestones that we had to keep track of per child. Mm-hmm. We had to write documentation, like 200 pieces of documentation per each child throughout the year that we had them. Um, so we were expected to do that on top of caring for the children all in one day and take <laughs> breaks between. So the last place that I worked at, so we had, I worked in a toddler classroom we just luckily had two lead teachers and an assistant. We had 12 kids, which is mm-hmm. great ratios. But we would have to switch off taking breaks. And during nap time, hoping that the children napped, we would have to obviously get these things done, documentation, do lesson plans, take care of our classroom. But I imagine that you probably didn't have any of that time or that coverage, but were these things expected of you as well in your classroom? Yeah, so uh, I'm thinking it's probably becoming widespread, but it's an app called Brightwheel. Um, okay, yeah. And essentially, that's like how our hours are tracked too. You sign into Brightwheel every day and parents like uh, check in and check out their kids using the app. And okay. so you take pictures throughout the day. Uh, so you would have to take a picture of breakfast, a.m. snack, lunch, p.m. snack, um, log every single diaper change or if they were potty uh-huh. training that. Um, obviously, people <laughs> with infants had to log every single ounce of milk that was gone. Um, yes, so, yes. And I think it's at least, I'm going to say at least two individual like pictures per child per day. So mm. that's... 28 pictures, not That's a including. Lot of work. Yeah, it was like not including like. Yeah, the, this the sounds like a whole job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's an entire different position. Like, 
entirely different position than one of just taking care of kids. Also, you bringing up, you know, diaper change changes and having 14 kids in a classroom. That means that one adult is in the classroom with 13 children at one time, or you're still in the classroom, but is with alone with those children while the other teacher yeah. is changing one child's diaper. I mean, that's absolutely bonkers. Insane. Like, I, yeah, yeah. I, feel, I feel like it's worth making the distinction that like there's times where your body is in the room and in a legal capacity is meeting ratio. But if one person's walking around the room with a damn iPad taking pictures of everyone's breakfast, mm. you're not meaningfully contributing to ratio. Your no. your other teachers basically on their own. Yep. Yeah, that's that's bananas i mean like it's it's crazy i mean like and with toddlers let's just bring up the fact that toddlers themselves are like maniacal lovely little human beings but this is their job they're they've only been on this earth for less than a thousand days exactly so like all the things that they're doing they're supposed to be doing but you have to be on your toes and they sense weakness and that is a weak point, right? And if there's one, they know that you are outnumbered. So, yeah, yeah, they always are pretty good at like picking out the weak link amongst the teachers, being <laughs> oh, like, yeah. "I'm gonna ask them for this thing." Um, but no, so like being in a toddler room and then only having two teachers, like there was a situation in one of the toddler rooms where there were like two active biters, which biting uh-huh. isn't like, yeah. in, like it's not inappropriate. Toddlers right. sometimes bite. Right. But so ideally appropriate, but yeah, but you don't want it to happen. Right. And so, but we still only had two teachers while trying to manage two toddlers who were biting other kids. And so like mm-hmm. parents were getting mad because right. like their kids were coming home sometimes with like multiple bite marks, like in a week. So you're just like writing a bajillion incident report. Yes. And then they're Along asking with the photos. who bit my kid. You're like, I can't tell you that, yeah. dude. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So like parents were getting mad at us. And obviously like we had gone to administration several, several, several times being like, it's not possible for us to address these behaviors and give those two the individual attention they need while only having two of us in the classroom and the biting will not stop unless we have a third person. Mm-hmm. And so that basically didn't happen until like late April or May that we like that room had a like permanent third person. Okay. Um, and by that point, all the biting was done. Uh-huh, oh, Cause they're beyond that. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, what kind of like resources did you have for the classroom? Like, were you able to get materials for your classroom? Did you have planning time? Um, so luckily I wasn't a lead teacher, (laughs) Uh but I mean, best friends were. So, uh, lead teachers got one hour of planning time a week and that one hour of planning was given to them like at some random point during the day. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they would try to make teachers go take prep time, like, in the middle of like a daily scheduled walk or like yeah. prep time during Spanish or music class where like lead teachers should definitely be involved. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it was just like one hour. And then it's not like that one hour is enough to actually accomplish <laughs> anything because by the time you actually get out of the room for one hour, it's like 45 minutes maybe. Uh-huh. So um, <laughs> I know that that changed right before we were fired, but like, mm-hmm. People had worked for multiple years without that sort of change. Yeah. So 
Um, and I think the budget every month for like an Amazon list was fifty dollars. <laughs> oh, um, sorry, I, it could amazing. be a hundred, but I think that that's wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna say we're gonna take a good guess and say it was probably fifty. If they can't be bothered to give their employees a raise, they're not spending a hundred bucks. But yeah, for I mean, classrooms, fifty dollars yeah. doesn't even buy a fucking toy that they want in a developmental sense, right? Enough toys. (laughs) Yeah. Or or will survive the month and not be shattered into little shards of colorful plastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What $50 gets is like a plastic cheap ass toy. And then like the toys that like last and which most centers want are like the Regio or like, uh, the, like, um, my brain is just fried. I was going to say the Wallingford, but, um, (laughs) Uh, I reason for Waldorf. Yes. Like the salad, my brain just like farted on me, but like the Waldorf (laughs) toys that are like wood, they're like insanely expensive or any Montessori toys, like the pink block stacking towers. Those are like $500. Like it's just insane what they expect you should provide like you have to provide high quality everything for nothing like and it's like how can you expect this to be possible it's not i i'm so excited to tell you about the other classroom condition <laughs> yeah let's have it boo but yay <laughs> yeah yeah spill the tea um so i was like speaking of like crappy toys crappy equipment um so Mighty Kids now has two playgrounds. The bigger playground is like on just like a gravel lot and it has AstroTurf and it has uh, like those wooden like children's log houses. It has like two of those that are already falling apart. And that's mm. it really. And a bunch of plastic cars that are broken. And cool. then and and then the other playground is literally an alleyway with AstroTurf and a big <laughs> like fence. Wow. Well, you just yeah. run them. Just Wait. run them. Just put them on a line, too, and just run them back and forth. Is there, the, is there literally gravel in there, did you say? Uh, no, it's AstroTurf on both, like, the okay. gravel lot. God. Yeah, so they have AstroTurf, I guess. Okay. I, sorry, you said, I heard gravel, and I was like, oh, cool. Just, like, rocks for them to throw when they get bored. Like, that, okay, that's amazing. Okay, but since it is in a gravel lot, there is so much just, like, you staring at a kid and then squeezing their cheeks and then, like, eating it, rocks on the other side of the fence because you're like oh god it was just endless I mean just fire after fire like trying to keep your children from choking yep Oh my god! Well, that sounds wonderful. That yeah. seems like a really li- okay. But like with that said, it was still the best center I had ever been in. <laughs> well, wow, that's a damning like, thing to say about the state the of childcare. I know. Um, Oof. Oof. God, that's brutal. I mean, it's not and surprising. They fired me. <laughs> I right. You're like, mm, mm. yeah. I mean, what's horrible is that it's not surprising and it's not something i haven't experienced or heard about i mean yeah it's i mean the unfortunate thing is like this is like as owen said this is the state of child care and this yeah. isn't a, a soul solitary like it's event everywhere. it's everywhere and you all were just brave enough to 
It's like organized. Enough is enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, so on that note of enough and it's enough, you know, tell us a little bit about how you came together to organize a union committee. Uh, so the discontent started after this thing Mighty Kids called an art walk. Um, but it was like unreasonable expectations for like art projects that teachers could do with their kids in the classroom, which so like... You mean, no, you did 14 art projects for the kids, correct? Um, <laughs> essentially, but no, we just... So I was going to try initially, but then after an incident that is also long and complicated, but another instant where a teacher had like a breakdown after being told like her new idea wasn't allowed and she had to stick with her national parks theme. Uh, Yeah. So she had a breakdown after that. And like, she was the one that had to say sorry to the administrator for having a breakdown about, about it. Um, Of course. So yeah, that was my lead teacher's uh, partner. And so, and like, we're all good friends. So I was like, at that point, I, once somebody makes like their employee cry, there's something wrong. Right. So like the fire started to kind of bubble up and then, um, I was gone for the week that this happened, but, uh, on August 4th, I think here Mm -hmm. I am. So, yeah, on Thursday, August 4th, uh, 20 of the 35 teachers signed a letter asking for a group conversation. I Mm -hmm. don't know if the letter had even mentioned, like, specific wage increases or anything. We just wanted to have a group conversation because we realized we were being individually, um, can I say the F word? (laughs) On mechanical freak? Oh, God, no. Not for their delicate ears. Do you know how often the word fuck is used on this podcast? Uh, Okay, absolutely can. (laughs) So we were all being individually fucked over in, like, you know, one-on-one meetings, which one-on-one was usually, like, two administrative people with Mm, one teacher. So, yeah. But anyway, so, like, we all signed a letter and handed it over to them on Thursday. And they said that, like, a group conversation wasn't in the cards. We could do one-on-one meetings, though. And they don't so... have time for one group, but they have time for individual. I mean, obviously, we yeah. all know it's union busting. But it's just funny. It's like, we don't have time for one group one. But <laughs> each individual with 30 teachers. Just out of curiosity, did they list any kind of, um, like, a flimsy excuse for not being able to have a group thing or so our the owner kyla laboon was with i think her family in san diego on vacation oh wow yeah so she was on vacation while this was all happening and i think like the center director was making really poor choices but trying to prevent the center from burning down until kyla and jeff returned from vacation but that did not go how she Mm -hmm. thought it would (laughs) um so yeah, on like after they refused to give us a group conversation, uh, we kind of all decided to do a call out strike because okay. I mean child care yeah. you can't just walk off. Right, um, right, right, right. Yeah. So once I realized that like ten of us had call out called out of work the next day is when I like kind of started thinking like by myself I started thinking we might need like a union to back us okay. at this point. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, uh, but I didn't, I've never worked in a union before. I had no mm-hmm. idea how to get that to happen. So I straight up Googled 
um, Seattle union organizer help. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it all worked out. Yeah. Had So on that note, who did you read, reach out to? And uh, yeah. Who came uh, to help? So I emailed Jonathan Rosenblum, who wrote the book Fight for 15, and he's mm -hmm. like been working in the Seattle area, like organizing unions for decades. And so yeah. I like I had heard of his book before, but I I didn't think he would reach out to me. Like I didn't think he would respond to my email because I sent it on a Sunday at like mm -hmm. 7 p.m. And that dude got back to me within an hour. <laughs> yeah, sounds That's like fantastic. he, uh, you know, he puts his money where his mouth is. Yeah, you know? Jonathan's he a dedicated man. Super does. Yeah. Um, so he was the one that I, I had to call him the next morning at 7 a.m., which like phone calls are the devil. Um, <laughs> I was so nervous, but I talked with him and he put me in contact with Shama Sawant, mm -hmm. um, the Seattle council person here. So uh, <clears throat> Shama's kind of like been the guiding beacon for, for the Magnolia Child Care Union. Yeah. She also is a powerhouse and um, <laughs> puts her money where their mouth is. You know, she, mm -hmm. she does what she says she's going to do. So, yeah, she's that's Wonderful. An actual hero. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so I called Shama. So this was Monday. Um, the letter was given Thursday. Now we're at Monday. Yeah. Um, and all of like my coworkers and I who had called out on strike decided to meet up for brunch. <laughs> and so. <laughs> hey, we had the day off anyway. <laughs> exactly. And so. Uh, like Shama asked if she could send some of her organizers to meet with us for brunch. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, sure. And so uh, while we were talking with them over brunch at 11 a.m., uh, <laughs> the first firing occurred. Oh, um, shit. We were oh, out were on Were you strike. like literally like sitting at the we table? We were having with breakfast. Okay. And um, one of like the people that was there um, got a phone call from her like associate teacher and her associate teacher was like, or their associate teacher was like, um, she fired me. I just got fired. Wait, they didn't so, fire. They fired people that were there, there working before any no. of the people that called out. Oh, okay. No, they only oh. fired people that had called out and not oh, even okay. all of the people okay. that called out, but. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But most of the people that called out. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. We can touch so, on that in a little bit if we want. <laughs> Yeah. So their um, assistant teacher was fired. And then from there, we were all like, ooh, who's next? And so we yeah, tried to yeah. open Brightwheel. And like <laughs> one by one, we fell and could no longer access Brightwheel. Damn. Um, and that yeah. was, you. they eliminated your access before they talked to you to get fired, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. They eliminate your email and your access to anything possible like the in the directory. company. Yep, 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 yep. Alas, we had workers on the inside, so we had all of the directory anyway. But, you know, good, so that is... Good. <laughs> so, yeah, they fired all of us while we were out at brunch. Um, and, well, at like, least you were there to have some drinks, too, maybe. Right, <laughs> right. So, yeah, we thought we would wait a couple days for mm -hmm. to organize, like, a picket protest yeah, yeah. because we wanted to do a media advisory and have media there mm -hmm. but after we were all fired uh her organizers were like 
we should probably do this tomorrow morning. Yeah. And so in less than 24 hours, we had set up like a picket protest and like put out a press advisory. And that was all saw one's office and I think 925 also helped out there. It's a whirlwind of stuff to happen in such a short period of time. But unfortunately, it does (laughs) happen that way. I mean, often. Yeah. So So you said said earlier that there there were some people that didn't get fired for the, for the call out. (laughs) Do you have any sense of like what the criteria was that they got to stay on and others didn't? I genuinely am not sure. Um, Like the people who didn't get fired were either seasonal, but some of the seasonal people were fired. (laughs) Uh, It was like seasonal or like, they're always nicer to the teachers and infant rooms. Kind mm-hmm, of. Mm-hmm. Pe- teachers in infant rooms don't ever get breaks, though. So, like, nice means, like, they work with the most fragile beings in our school. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, maybe, I mean, did the infant teachers ever really speak up about? They did. Okay. Yeah, That's an interesting them, one. It yeah. would make sense in union busting, like, tactics is to draw a line and pit yeah, teachers yeah, div- against each other. Yeah, and I think that might have been, yeah, dividing, um, you know, because there is no rhyme and reason <laughs> other than I mean, like hoping that, yeah, uh, you'll be pissed and upset at those that work and then that will create, yeah. I mean, well, I think it's just a union busting tactic. I, I mean, yeah. also it's, it's worth mentioning, like we should never ascribe anything to malevolence that can just as equally be explained by incompetence it could just simply be (laughs) that they fucked up it's true i mean yeah giving them more credit than is due probably they're not that smart (laughs) the grammar and their emails changed significantly once their union busting lawyers started writing all of them oh mm -hmm, (laughs) yeah mm -hmm, mm because i was like wow the vocabulary the syntax this is all completely different from the emails i was getting before where they couldn't even spell my name so mm-hmm. cool. I, I love that too. <laughs> Having been there for eight months and they still can't get your name correct. <laughs> or pronouns. Oh, uh, I mean, they are awful to begin with. I mean, like, again, it says it all in the policy that policy statement of having positive workers that don't criticize the owners or uh-huh. the company. Like that says it all right there. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah. So over brunch, you had to pick it the next day. And then, you know, where did it go from there? Uh, So Tuesday was the picket protest. On Wednesday and Thursday, we had meetings with Solon's office and then uh, 925. And I can't remember if our like group talk with Jeff and Kyla happened on Thursday or Friday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's a, a short period of time for so much to happen. It would be hard to keep track of things. Yeah. Yeah. But so we had another conversation with them and like we sat in Salwan's office in a conference room. It was over Zoom. Um, and like they I already went into that conversation knowing that they weren't actually going to try to meet us where we needed Mm -hmm. them to, which is like, you're going to reinstate the workers you fired and you're going to recognize the union that comes with that. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Instead, they were like, we can't talk about like the employment details of individuals. So we're not able Mm -hmm. to really discuss any of that. 
and all of us are sitting in a room together, like you don't have to give specifics. You can just be like, yeah, we've hired you all back. Yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> shit. Yeah. Uh, wow. I, so on that note right there, let's talk a little bit about what then transpired after that. So they obviously have refused to, um, give meet your demands which one i i need to definitely make a point on is that (laughs) yeah let's talk about what the demands were because yeah we wanted them to meet the bare fucking minimum (laughs) yeah which should have already been happening to begin with which is like nothing i mean it's everything but nothing they should have already (laughs) been doing it so the two demands that we made that were like like they weren't legally mandated, but it would have been really neat was to have 22 hours starting pay and 25 mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. lead teachers. Right. Um, and like initially we had just asked for across the board $20 raise, by the way. But once they okay. started firing us, we lifted it up. So, yeah, 22 okay. an hour starting yeah, yeah. pay, 25 for lead. Uh, and then obviously reinstate the fired workers and recognize the union. Right. But then the other two demands that we had were just for them to legally run their center. We wanted Mighty Kids to adhere to the state-mandated uh, state teacher-to-child <laughs> ratios, you know, follow the law, and then mm-hmm. we wanted them to follow the law and give us legally mandated breaks. Right. So, um, so yeah. I actually wanted to ask about this. So how long have they been running classrooms outside of legal minimums? It's never like... I mean, it happened every single day, but it wasn't like one entire classroom would be out of ratio sure. the whole day. It would mm-hmm. be like every single morning I went in at nine and my lead teacher came in at seven. Mm-hmm. And so by the time I was waking up and looking at my phone to head out the door, every single morning she would be saying, hey, Kristen, director, I am out of ratio. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Every single morning. So my next question with that is, so for obviously we all understand what this means, but for those that are listening that don't understand, I'm going to ask, how many float staff did you have? And float staff are teachers that go from classroom to classroom to either relieve teachers for breaks or cover lunches or planning period or, as Kaylin mentioned, uh, when in the morning... I your classroom goes over ratio. Obviously this was not happening in the morning, but um, did you have any flow staff? And if so, how many? Uh, so I think I could confidently say that there's always like two, two to four, like relatively like permanent float staffs. Like they uh-huh. never really had a classroom assigned. Okay. Yeah. But then there were other teachers who we just referred to them as thirds because there were always oh. two teachers in a room. But okay. then if okay. you were lucky, you had a third person. Right, 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 um, right. And so like thirds weren't always like with their classroom though necessarily. Uh-huh. So sometimes out. they were floats. Uh, so if like a teacher called out, they would have to go to another classroom sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that doesn't really work out for floats when like all the classrooms kind of need three teachers anyways. Uh And then you're telling one classroom to suck it up. (laughs) Right. Right. Without their third so that someone else can have a second. So then let me move on to the next question of when you don't have a third in your classroom, what happens when you need breaks? 
<laughs> you mm-hmm. don't get the 10 minute breaks at all, obviously, mm-hmm. um, which they started doing after we brought attention to that. Uh-huh. Uh, and like for lunch breaks, for the most part, they were assigned, but I was like isolated kind of on my own floor. So I'm not mm-hmm. sure how like lunch breaks went for like the preschoolers, but I knew that infant teachers weren't getting lunch breaks sometimes because yeah. babies don't move. You can just eat with them. Uh huh. Yeah. Break. Yeah. Um, did was there ever a time where you didn't have a third or a float and you had to take a lunch break and you were left with 14 kids by yourself? Um, for the most part, we were pretty good at like juggling so that most of the kids would already be asleep by the time one of us had to go on a break. Mm -hmm. Um, but once the kids are in their cots and they are asleep, then they don't count as like, see, here's the thing, but here's the thing is it does. Ah, I was told it doesn't count if they're asleep. Mm, I've had many a director tell me the same thing and looking up. It absolutely matters. You still have 14 kids, but it's how they get around lunch breaks. It's an insane thing. Um, Cause I, I think I believe, Owen, how do you do it in your classroom? Uh, we do it just like that. <laughs> just like that. Yeah. I've we been told to that it, it doesn't count, but like, how does that make sense? No, it seems, it it's, it's nonsense. If I'm not mistaken. And I'm pretty sure I've checked this. Like, I mean, no matter if they're like, if you really think about it, a sleeping child, 14 of them, if there were an That's emergency, where they're gonna get hurt. well, especially like, I, I don't every, know, especially you everything try- I've ever been ter- told about how you're supposed to supervise during nap where it's like, I, I get told this horror story over and over by multiple different people. It's like, well, one time one kid just stopped breathing suddenly during nap, which like, sure, that, that can happen if that happened. And I had 13 other kids to contend with. It's like, this is, this is not a, uh, a good or safe situation for me to <laughs> deal with a kid with in respiratory arrest and have 13 other kids running around and screaming and throwing right. wooden blocks at my head or whatever. Well, like, what if there was a fire? So you're supposed to wake up 14 kids on your own and try to get them out out like toddlers i mean and even in like more realistic situations sometimes toddlers wake up and they wake up screaming like (laughs) yeah and you have 13 other children that are going to wake up immediately so i mean you literally saying that just like struck like memories (laughs) of like that panic of like shut the fuck up shut the fuck up inside you're like oh my god do not wake up the other children oh my god oh my god shut the fuck up (laughs) you're like i'm sorry that you're having a bad dream oh my god you rush over and you're like okay shh it's okay it's okay just don't wake anybody up (laughs) oh that's terrifying (laughs) it is every single time (laughs) Oh my God, it's so terrifying. Or do you get the one that like has decided that they're just not going to nap that day? And they're going to make sure all their friends don't either. Yep, yep, exactly. (sighs) They're like making the most noises possible. You're like, dude, dude, just like, can I give you some books? This little activity, just just shush. You can just hang out, but that's not good enough. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh. Oh, don't bring me back to these memories. Oh my god, I'm having PTSD. <laughs> well, especially with oh, toddlers too. Part. Like that's an yeah. age group where they they can really go scorched earth on each other at nap time. Oh my god, for reals. That shit is terrifying. I mean, I had times where like 
one has like woken like half of them up and then they're just like in absolute chaos and it's just like i'm by myself and i'm like god damn it don't you wait or even like our classrooms were so close like literally the last classroom that i was in we were literally separated by a half wall like a half wall and it was like do not wake up the other classroom oh my god oh my god <laughs> there were a couple rooms like the infant rooms and the waddler rooms mm-hmm. uh also were only separated by a half wall so uh, uh, uh. <laughs> well yeah what a great plan to connecting a waddler room and for everybody out there a waddler room is like between like a uh, not months. even an infant. It's like yeah, like one, nine like, months to like one to twelve year months and... to one year. Yeah. <laughs> and it's between like a true toddler, like twos, um, and they're nuts. <laughs> like they can't walk right, they can't crawl right, but they can move still. Mm-hmm. That's my least favorite age, even though they're almost toddlers. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Oh, well, so. Like- they have emotions and no coping mechanisms yet. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. Yes. So as we've just like touched on how awful not getting breaks are at lunch or at lunchtime and what that means, what that looks like. Cause obviously we understand um, what it looks like having a, a quote unquote break lunch break um, during during the day which is at nap time being left alone with 12 to 14 children by yourself obviously anybody in the right mind realizes that oh that makes no fucking sense but you have all these directors of these preschools saying oh no that's okay i think that's just a across the board thing that director says that it's okay because i don't think by state i mean like Unless somehow they've lobbied this, which I don't think, I don't know. Um, it just can't, but like due to whack, like I don't Washington, like the Washington state, like, um, uh, laws for childcare. Like that's just, I mean, if you have state ratios within the whack, like that makes no sense to have 12 sleeping children. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like whether they're awake or asleep, they're still children. Um, anyways, sorry about that wrong tangent. Um, so obviously that is one of the issues and the demands that, um, y'all had, uh, what, was there anything else in your demands? No, we just wanted fair wages and, uh, we wanted our jobs back and then we wanted them to listen to the law. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Basic, basic, very, when I saw what you were asking for, I just like, died inside i mean like i was not surprised but at the same time it was like jesus fucking christ like they're not even asking for anything barely like wow yeah it's the absolute floor just like just the absolute bare minimum oh so you know on that like where did it go from there what happened? What happened at the center? What happened? What's going on with y'all, the, the teachers that left, that went on strike? Uh, so, let's see. The center had to, like, reduce their hours of operation. And I don't, I know that they're still, like, rotating which rooms are closed. So, oh, like, wow. they, like, alternate, like, 
this room what? is closed and those teachers go to a different room. Yeah, so it's like an entire mess for the children too because Dude, that's they never crazy. have the same teachers. Right? What? Closing different rooms so like each day a different classroom like your kid yeah. can come in. Yep. That's bananas. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So wow. parents are pretty mad about that. Yeah, and just, like I guess just spread yeah. the pain around for the families, I guess. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more. Do you know much about what the parent support or not support looks like? Uh so the like Cairo seven, is that the news station? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they were present for the picket protest on Tuesday, and at that protest we had like so many of our families, like the parents of the kids we hang out with every day there. And it was like a group of crying people that were hugging. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the parents had like really, really, and they still do have our backs. Uh, like yeah. The parents opened a fundraiser and I think that fundraiser immediately got about $2,000 in it. Okay. Um, but that's for 10 teachers. That's nothing. No, Which I'm just saying amazing. this is for like parents are oh, helping. Oh, okay. No, I mean that's amazing too. Like, but they can only do so much too. And yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, that's wonderful. But also, you know, that sucks. Um Yeah. And then obviously Solon's office was able to fundraise or she contributed two thousand of the Solidarity Fund. Fantastic. Um fantastic. But parents have I, I would say like a third have been openly supportive and then a smaller yeah. portion of them have like taken their kids out permanently from Mighty Kids <laughs> or are threatening to do so. Okay. Um, and like a lot of them have already moved to like other childcare centers okay. where they've recommended the teachers who were fired. Like Great. they've recommended us to be teachers at those new centers. That's fantastic. Um, and like that's kind of nice because then those centers know like we got fired for unionizing <laughs> Yeah, because that's kind of like a hard, hard thing to explain, and then you're right, probably gonna right, get right, right. turned away if they know. Yeah, I mean, because it's like it, it shows also where those directors are. Like, are they against unions? Because I mean, that also says a lot. Like, oh shit, that if we're not being appropriate to our staff we could have the same thing right mm -hmm. is that i mean it's yeah that is like my fear for applying to new jobs right now right i mean like and that's the thing that's frustrating and what the fight right now obviously like it would be uncomfortable to go back but like you would have a job your union would be recognized but like yeah trying to find a new job you're in limbo right mm -hmm. um and it just does make it hard to get a new job because most of the players don't want unions because that means that they can't exploit their workers. Yep. I would um, go back, but purely to cause chaos and make sure there's an actual <laughs> union. Right. I mean, and that's the thing, like, yeah, um, you would put aside that uncomfortableness with the employers because it wasn't your employee, like your coworkers. It was the mm -hmm. directors, right. And the owners, um, so it's like, yeah, fuck them. You can get along just fine with, I mean, what are they going to do? They're outnumbered, man. Once they, yeah. Um, but, oh yeah. So then, uh, the parents that were, are less supportive, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like 
some of them were fairly in support of us until they realized that like Shama Sawant was involved. Oh yeah, they're like, we hate that bitch. Yeah, it was like everybody's left weaning until it's like, don't interrupt my childcare. How's yeah. the homeless, but not well, next to me. They like to think that they're left leaning, but they're just like like the it's, worst libs on the planet yeah, yeah, and they're it's, like it's seattle left yeah exactly like they like to fancy themselves left um not to like stir the pot or whatever but so colin um of this podcast or um uh, who's on hiatus right now um he did tell me that his wife was went out at her peps group or his wife was at their peps group and mm. one of the moms was fucking livid and pissed because her kid goes there living just going on and on about how fucking pissed and how awful all you teachers were and of right. course colin was just like what the fuck and this is when he <laughs> shared it with me and i was like get on the horn i need to speak to these teachers right now um <laughs> Yeah, so because Colin and I have playdates with their kids and my nanny kid all the time, so we get to dish all the time. So I got the the line on this, and yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm also in nanny groups, um, and one of the things that I like nanny Facebook groups, and one of the things that I did see was that they were reaching out to nannies on indeed and mm -hmm. trying to recruit them to replace all of you, mm -hmm. um, which I was proud of. Like some of the ones that were reached out to did say that they were reached out to and they were in solidarity and they weren't going to do interviews. So nice my, yes. Um, yes. my partner who's a childcare worker and also a 925 member told me that they've been getting um, offers on indeed from mighty kids. Um, That's crazy. They, they've just been, I don't know, carpet Ugh. bombing the, the, the applications there. They're fucking desperate. But also, you got to think, I mean, I'm sorry I'm going on a rant here. It's like one fantastic on y'all. I mean, this is obviously what organizing a union is, right? But the fact is, like, the audacity to go about trying to hire scab workers or other childcare workers when everybody knows what pieces of shit you are and what you're doing. <laughs> it's like, who the fuck's going to, I mean, unless you're also a piece of shit, sorry, maybe that's not fair. Like people do need jobs. People do need to work. But like, if you there's so many other childcare centers to pick from. <laughs> right. And it's like, but you know, if you're paying attention, what they're offering, what they've done to their employees. Why would you ever want to go work for somebody like that? Right. Yep. Uh, wow. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, let's talk on a positive note. And you were talking about that. There are parents that are really in support of, and that teachers are like, they have pulled their kids out and there are other centers and they're trying to like help you get jobs. Um, Oh, sorry, I just lost my point. But yeah, they're they're trying to help. Um, you know, are are they offering help and support in other ways as well? Um, so like a couple of the parents put us in touch with like labor lawyers that they okay. need because that's like, fantastic. I mean, again, these parents like have a fairly high income for the mm -hmm. most part, so um, like they they do have influence in their communities. So right. it was nice to like be put in contact with lawyers that they trusted and like right obviously the money was helpful they've been uh, -huh. uh 
like kind of rotating who babysits their kids because one we okay. all miss them and so we want yeah. to see them and also we need money still so and they need child care sure <laughs> yeah um well and on that and so we kind of want to talk about like what are next steps what's what's next um i'm not sure um yeah like <laughs> it really did feel weird because everything happened like from getting fired to the rally it happened within six days yeah yeah um yeah so it's like i we're all really burnt out from yeah. that week still um we were throwing swift and heavy punches and like i know that that's just not a sustainable pace no um so we're probably going to organize another picket protest um eventually mm -hmm. uh but right now someone's office is on recess until like september right. and honestly right. i think we need a recess right so right. Um. yeah it wasn't only like scary from losing our livelihoods but it was genuinely heartbreaking because we we like pat those kids to sleep. We hug them right. when they're hurt. So it was so hard to lose them all of a sudden. Oh yeah. Yeah. I literally today I had my annual review with my employers and they broke it to me that, um, you know, one of my employers is leaving their job and that they can't afford me anymore. And my oh. last day will be in October. And like, it's just heartbreaking because yeah, you have, you've built in a relationship and you care for those kids. You know, you're with them for so long. 40 you hours know? a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you're the main caregiver of their children, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're the one that they see the most during the week. So, yeah, and you, yeah. Oh, well, um, so obviously that's a hard one is knowing what's next, but hopefully you've been able to, I know it's a short period of time, but there's been a community possibly built. And a, but obviously you want to continue building that. And, you know, to all of the listeners at Mechanical Freak, uh, how can we help how can everybody help what can they do what is there th are there things that y'all need um <laughs> you know we can post links in in the episode below the episode you know is there a gofundme do you or we could even start one like do, do y'all need household things food anything the um, mutual aid of any kind so obviously donations are helpful we have a gofundme set up okay. i'll be able to send you that link that'd be awesome um because, I mean, it was, we were, a lot of us were going from paycheck to paycheck. Uh-huh. Like, In childcare? Say it ain't so. Not. <laughs> I know. But, Ooh. like, one of the people that has put his all into making this union happen, into making the protest yeah. happen, he was given an eviction notice. Jesus Christ. Um, within those six days. Okay. Um, so I'm trying to figure out how to make sure he doesn't, okay like lose housing and like he still yeah. needs health care too uh-huh so. is there well if we need help we can start a gofundme or something and we'll link it in we'll link it in this and um because we can't let somebody lose their home um no i mean y'all need to eat y'all need homes everybody needs homes but like specifically if he's facing eviction let's 
yeah, um, absolutely. let's make that happen. Okay. Um, um, is there is there anywhere where people can stay abreast of like when the uh, when the next picket is or anything like that or any upcoming um, rallies? I know that if you sign up for Salwan's newsletter, okay, um, she will definitely send out uh, like a notice. Or also socialist alternative, I think, is mm-hmm. her other. Okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool. She's very good at sending out text messages. Uh, we all get them. So. <laughs> um, me too. That's why yeah, I was like, honestly, yeah. someone's going to be better at it than me. Like, sure, right. sure, sure. She's very good at that. Um, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, what's... Is there any... I mean, obviously, I wish I could give you all the world if I had it, right? Um is there anything in the meantime for your sanity um, that you all need? <laughs> um, I know that. Yeah, man. I don't know. <laughs> a nap. A nap. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, well, so I know some of us like will also need like childcare. Uh, okay. Ashley okay. has spoken at both the picket protest mm-hmm. and also the rally. Mm-hmm. And she had her son enrolled at Mighty Kids. Okay, so, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's a lot of like uncertainty about where to find childcare that's right. affordable because it's not like she has a ton of money. So, mm-hmm. hey, any other childcare workers listening to this? Any domestic worker nannies? Uh, if you can manage it and you think of it, maybe offer up some childcare. And talk to your employers, see if you can do a uh, a share, a share, and just like for free, <laughs> you know, yeah. Or you know, solidarity childcare workers, just you know, maybe start a fund as well, or just offer up your time. Um, you know, that would be immensely helpful. So, because like right now, she's been trying to babysit, but her son is three he might be turning yeah. i think he turns four at the end of the year yeah but like she can't always bring him while also still babysitting other people's children sure. right right like right. especially if they're infants like <laughs> well exactly yeah um yeah shares typically only work when they're like the same age um i mean realistically come on um so yeah we can definitely set up some if uh send us the links and we'll get those set up um, in the the um, episode page, um, and you know if you th- create a, a, a GoFundMe for your coworker that has is facing the eviction, and um, I could try to organize some sort of um, sh- uh, childcare share I'll, I'll i can reach out to the nanny groups and whatnot, mm-hmm. and um, I can give see you what I can the- do the like email i made a gmail for the magnolia child care union just because it'll be easier that's also great because anything i mean things that we may not be thinking of um if that's for all of you any sort of mutual aid i mean is any sort of mutual aid welcome or we can make a spreadsheet that says what y'all each individual might need and we can make it available to anybody who wants to try to help and they can volunteer or give what they can in any way does that work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah, I can. I think I've been telling somebody to make a spreadsheet for Costco run. Okay. We'll see. Sure. No, that and sounds great. That, that Gmail address, that's what? Uh, Magnolia Childcare Union at gmail.com? Yep. Okay, cool. Okay. 
just right. wanted to make sure that got said out loud. <laughs> yeah, well, and we'll get that linked in the in the episode page so that um, whoever's listening, they can just click on it. It'll be available. Um, well, I just want to thank you so much for coming yeah. on. And I know thank it's really hard. Me. You were so welcome. I mean, as Owen, I mean, I don't want to keep speaking for Owen, but as, you know, fellow childcare workers, like we know all too well. Absolutely, yeah. And this just hits home like way too much. Um, And, you know, we just want to show solidarity and support to y'all. And we understand it's a struggle having the job because you're living paycheck to paycheck. It's even more of a struggle when you're trying to do what's right and tried to make a living wage and you've been, that living wage has been completely taken from you. You know, because your employers mm-hmm. are pieces of shit. Um, <laughs> um, I do want to say, though, I've heard about a couple centers that are trying to unionize now. Like yeah. The child care yeah. has been has been set off. Do you and know so, which ones it is? I don't know if I should say. Oh, <laughs> um, well. Feel free to. I will tell you that anybody listening to this podcast isn't somebody who's going to. Um, it's, it has in the name. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And it's a color. Of oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That one. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Is, are there multiple of those locations? I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. And so those are the two of them? One. Oh, all right. Um, yeah. <sighs> Yay. Well, so good. I, I was just hoping want that to the... encourage childcare workers to like, yeah. if they know one to, to get spicy and to fight for things they actually need. Cause good. it's, it's bullshit. Good. No, it is bullshit. That, so nope, it is bullshit. And having worked for shit, what's I did early childcare for 17 years and now I'm in domestic because I had to like work, live paycheck to paycheck and not get raises. Um, had to like, turned to nannying again and which is fine and whatever but it kind of sucks when you know they like um, having a classroom yeah it, you can take pride in it right you know and you care about all your kids and i mean being yeah. being a preschool teacher was the first job i ever felt proud to tell people i did it you know before that it's Aww. like oh i'm like a barista or i you know i do this or do that but like with childcare, it's like at least people conversationally respected even if like it isn't respected like within our compensation and the way we're treated right but... right hey you get paid in hugs what yeah, are you talking about yeah, you have plenty of respect those kids respect you sometimes <laughs> you're, you're doing the most important work of all like, i know it's like hmm. so pay um, us like it <laughs> exactly oh kaylin thank you so much we like Really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and your other, your coworker stories. It's so hard. It's hard to rehash over and over and over. It's hard. It's hard to like go each day worrying about what's coming next, and then you know to come on and rehash your story and then worry about it again. So we really appreciate your time. You know. Yeah, of course. Um, it this all means a lot to me. So I want as many people to hear about it as possible. Absolutely. Good. Good. Yay. Fellow childcare workers, if you're listening, do your shit, do your work, do us all proud and and help support everybody. Um, All right. Well, 
Uh, Owen, thank you for uh, co co hosting this yep. evening with me. And I just felt, you know, it was really important. And mechanical freak thought it was really important to allow us to to do this with you, Caitlin. Um, and again, we'll link uh, the GoFundMe's and the email um, for mutual aid in the show notes. Or in the, um, but I just want to thank everybody for listening. Um, and again, Owen and Caitlin, thank you so much for participating and joining tonight. <laughs>